How's it going, folks? Jason Hernandez here from Locked on Ducks, and it's a new week of episodes. We're still doing three episodes a week for now, and guess what? We start off this week with a crossover. That is right. I am joined by Chris Maselli and Kyle Sullivan of Locked on Avalanche to talk about our respective teams, but it's a fun crossover that we had, so I hope you guys enjoy that. And the next episode after this one will be all about prospects where we'll have a guest on for that as well so that's what's coming up this week on locked on ducks and the end of the episode goes right into the end so there won't be a proper outro for me on this one but i hope you guys enjoyed this little crossover with me and the guys from locked on avalanche on this episode of locked on anaheim ducks your locked on ducks your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, like I said in the uh, opening intro, it's our uh, Locked On Summer Road Trip. Every Friday over the summer, we are doing a, a new crossover. Uh, and we were supposed to meet up with Jason a few weeks ago. Things happened where the plane had to get diverted. And uh, we're, I think we went to Nashville instead of uh, uh, Anaheim. Scary place. Yeah. We got out. <laughs> I, I, it, it floods a lot there, from what I heard. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, we turned back around, and we are, we're heading back to Anaheim to meet up with Jason Hernandez. It's yeah. been a while since we've had you on, sir. How are things going for you? Better now. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a multitude of ways, better. Better for me personally. Better that hockey's starting. And better that we have finally shed ourselves from the... Mm, I'm, I'm going to tick off exactly two people yeah we're away from the stench of the dallas eakins era but we'll Ooh. get to that later okay i hope yep um yeah i i, I you can see the rundown and i joked with kyle because outside of anybody you know any of the players in avalanche world uh kyle has a a, a man crush on uh, trevor zegris and i joked that he only gets a few questions but that's where i'm gonna start so maybe i'll take this one way from kyle I think we have to start there, man. Like, wh- what's going on? Because th- every day that this goes where he's not signed, mm-hmm. uh, it, it 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 gets into Kyle's head a little bit more. Hey, anything is possible. Bring him over to Colorado. And even though 99.9999% of that happening is 0%, uh, Kyle, Kyle just, if you're not signing the guy, you're giving Mr. Shaggy Von Doon hope. Stop giving him hope. Sign the guy already. What's going on here, Jason? <laughs> I will give my joke answer first. I mean, part of it is he's busy with his maybe new girlfriend, his new crush, yeah. whoever it is. What is that? Watching right? the U.S. Open. So, <laughs> you know, he's busy watching tennis. Yeah. So I'll sign it when, it when the U.S. Open's over, basically. Come on now. Hey, you know what? Watching tennis live is kind of fun. It is. It, it, it can be. It is. So, you know, Z's busy watching that. <laughs> And also, maybe a little bit of his agent maybe just waiting to see what kind of deal he gets. But to your point, the longer you wait, the more that the team has the upper hand. Because optimally, you would want to sign that contract right away and get whatever money you think you deserve. However, time is running out. And Mm -hmm. I don't think Z is going to hold out for very long. And I don't think the team is going to hold out for very long. And I think what this does is eventually one side is going to cave 
And typically when it gets this late into the offseason, usually it's a somewhat lower contract than you would have thought. So well, that's what I, I think mean, is eventually going to happen. Yes, you're right. It usually is. Uh, but that's because the money is drying up. The well is drying up mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of money left. That's not the case for Anaheim. Uh, nope. They got six, <laughs> 16, mm-hmm. according to Cap Friendly, 16.6 and some change million. Also, um, I want to point something out here. Yeah. Isaac Lundestrom got surgery on his Achilles. So they're going to use some of that LTIR if they need it. So in reality, they have closer okay. to 18, 19 million in cap space right now. Whew. So what's. <laughs> I'll ask the question again. <laughs> I don't get it. Like it, it's kind of baffling as to why this isn't signed. And and it, well, so what do you, what do you think the dollar amount is going to be? Just guesstimate. And is this going to be? You know, what's the term going to be? If I were to make a guess, yeah, I would say AAV seven to seven and a half million. Wow. I think because the money is somewhat drying up as far as wanting to get him in action, I think it's going to be closer to maybe seven and a half million. As far as the term, I don't see any reason why the Ducks shouldn't go seven years here. I mean, mm-hmm. lock him up for the next seven years, get him that long-term deal, and make him a Duck for as long as possible. So I would say at, at the least, at the least, seven years, 50 million. I could even go as high as seven years, 55 million. I could easily see that happening as well. And I think that'd be a good deal for Trevor Zegers and the Anaheim Ducks, personally, because you're going to lock him up for a long time. You're going to nail down one of the top scorers on your team who could be a top six for years to come. And he's still young. He's 22, guys. Right. 22. And yeah, here we go, Chris. Here we go. And, okay. and when it, when it comes to one, here we go. Number one, when it comes to Z. Uh, and when it comes to the offseason that the Ducks had with the John Gibson, everything that's going in and out of that camp and the comments going around and that documentary that dropped the Once Upon a Time in Anaheim, where it really didn't paint the organization in the, you know, in the greatest light, like in competency. And with all of that going around, wouldn't you want management to sign like get out in front of this signing like this is the best thing to happen to anaheim in a long long time not just what he can provide on the ice but he's he's cool he's got swagger he's my spirit animal like he's it's just it's what kids are like looking at when you're growing up in the game like you could be your Connor bedards you could be your Connor mcdavid's the hockey robots your nathan mckinnon's but then you can also approach it like zegris does and it's just like a thing he does, but the dude abides other places. Like, would Anaheim not have a little bit of pressure to lock him up and make him like a seven for seven, eight for eight, even? Because this is something that gets eyes on the Anaheim Ducks again and makes them cool and relevant again. Aside from the fancy plays, you know, the fancy flying zegras, you know, put put that aside. Put aside the you know, lacrosse goals, put aside all of that. And by the way, Z became my spirit animal when he, you know, crap talked Team Canada before World Juniors. <laughs> yeah. And he said, they haven't faced a team like us. And what does yeah. he do? Wins gold. That's when I said, yeah, 
my boy. That's my guy right there. Yeah. So I I love not just the swag, but I love the overconfidence. He is oozing with confidence, even yeah. when the Ducks were terrible. He was still putting up video game stats for some games. And I think that's that's you hit on the head. That's something that the fan base can get behind. They can get behind someone that has that kind of confidence, someone that can give the fans hope and say, you know what? If there's someone that can, I hate to use this word, but if they can have some kind of spectacular delusion yeah. that, hey, you know what? I believe that we can get out of this doldrum. Then let me have that confidence. And I think that's what Z exudes is that just gross overconfidence. But you need that. You don't want to have someone say like, oh, we're going to be terrible. We're not going to be that good. Uh, we'll get a few wins here and there. No, you don't want that. You want someone that doesn't give the typical answers like, oh, we just got to work hard and get pucks in deep, play 200 feet. No, we don't want that. We want the kind of answers that Z gives yeah. during post games. We want someone that can give hope and give Ducks fans a reason to watch games and watch post games too. Because sometimes Z's post games are really good. And to answer another question that you might have, you want someone that's going to get behind your teammates. Yeah. I think about this all the time. That stupid game against the... Oh, wait. It's a new month. I'm allowed my one, Robin. The <laughs> Phoenix Coyotes and their stupidness. <laughs> that whole Jay Beagle episode that happened. Yeah. And I love that Z defended Troy Terry. And he said, you know what? You don't go messing with our guy. That is our all-star. That's our top scorer. He defended him to the core. Mm. So, also something that you want in the locker room. That's going to be behind you 24-7, 366. Well, anyone that um, <clears throat> annoys John Tortorella is uh, is good in my book. And it seems like Zegers does that, like, on the daily. Um, and, yeah, like, he has that that swagger. And he's not afraid to speak his mind. And even in the the All-Star game or the, the All-Star festivities, um, he's tweeting – like I can't remember exactly what they were, what they what the tweets were verbatim, but he was basically like, "This is boring," because <laughs> of what he did the year before, which was yep. like otherworldly. And you like that, and it's all in good fun. Nobody really thought like, "Oh no, there's going to be fights on the ice" because Zegers is tweeting about the skills event. But it was fun to see that because you don't really see a lot of that with. Uh, with hockey players and like I was saying like it's, it's a lot of robotics um, when, when they're when they're doing interviews and this new crop this young crop of hockey players are kind of taking to trash talk not, and, and trash talks always been around in the league but outside of the rink yep you know I, I mean usually it's those, on the ice one of those tweets I think was just emojis <laughs> was it really that's and, great and it's it's the perfect counterpunch to this scenario that the Kings are trying to build up the road on trying to lure Connor McDavid eventually in L.A. I mean, what better way? You're not going to go out and get a Connor McDavid equivalent in Anaheim. So you have to find something that's kind of counter Connor McDavid. And Zegris is that guy. He's not putting up those Connor McDavid numbers, but he provides so much more on and off the ice that just screams Anaheim Ducks. And I feel like that's a good way to fire up the fan base when they're trying to build something for the Kings just up the road. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the Ducks have always been seen as the stepchild to the yeah. Kings. 
Yeah. Except exactly. for 2007, of course. But they've <laughs> usually been seen as the stepchild, especially after 2012 and especially after 2014. And even now, I, I could hear the Kings fans. Oh, look what we're doing to the Ducks. Ha 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 You're in last place. Hey, you know what? I'm okay with that because the Ducks got Leo Carlson, but didn't Ooh. expect that. Uh, we're going to – we call that a segue. Uh, we're going to get to that next. Uh, but we're also going to hear Jason's thoughts on their new head coach, which they plucked uh, from our own AHL Colorado Eagles. So we will get to that right after we hear from FanDuel – uh, you're right there, Jason. <laughs> uh, you can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. Plus, every customer who bets $5 can get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket, which is now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Some pretty sweet deals over at FanDuel. So now is the best time to join. The app is super easy to use. It's secure, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props to how many questions of Zegris Kyle is going to ask on this episode. We, I think we made it. We made it. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. Why they didn't say an offer you can't refuse, I don't know. Uh, but FanDuel, I, the official yeah. partner of the NFL. Please gamble responsibly, folks. <laughs> um, and, and don't bet on the New York Jets. <gasps> really? really? Should we not? Can I ruffle some feathers? <clears throat> All right. So we'll get to their draft picks here in a second, but wanted to start with their new hire. You heard rumblings uh well, at least from the avalanche side of things that cronin was kind of a, a hot commodity with maybe a couple different teams but you were hearing anaheim right from the jump and that's yep. where he goes um what what's the the expectations for him and are they going to be patient because i i always get so frustrated when a team who is obviously in rebuilding mode um, and trying, you know, trying to get better year after year, then suddenly just gives up on the coach that they brought in to help them get there. Can you can you keep well, a secret? I mean, please. no no one no one's watching, right? I hope this so, is a yeah. good secret. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I knew about this well before a lot of people. I knew this in early May. Go on. So there there were already rumblings that there was a couple of teams interested in Cronin. And I forgot who the other team won. I forgot who the other team was because the only one I was focused on was I heard ducks. I'm like, oh, ooh, <laughs> right? Okay, I like this. And they didn't know and who you were, obviously. No, or did they? No. Okay. No, I kept to myself. Okay. <laughs> but it it was kind of interesting hearing that because my initial thought was, you know what? I like the way that he coached the Eagles this past season. You know, obviously taking them as far as they did and they put up a good fight mm -hmm. against the firebirds who as you know just went on a rampage this season yeah and you know they they gave them a hell of a fight in fact i even thought colorado was going to win that series when they went up 2-1 
And I could hear the barking from Cronin. He's someone that gets behind his guys 100%. And will he will test you. He will test the players and try to get the best out of them. And I feel like the roster that the Eagles had this season was kind of piecewise because of all the injuries with the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys saw injury after injury after injury in Colorado. And I felt bad for you guys because half of your podcast or half of your tweets was, it's been so many days since he's been injured. It's been so many days since this. He's going right. to come back soon. And I'm like, you guys have so much hope. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I, love, gotta have it. I love seeing those tweets as much as the pick a logo and connect it to <laughs> certain player here. <laughs> but right. I saw the number of injury tweets. So the and Eagles. I think that's that, that, that's where. NHL guys. Yeah. And that's where he. I think got a lot of looks because for a couple of reasons, the avalanche had so many injuries at their level, obviously, which, you know, in turn was just taxing on the AHL team and they were sending guys back and forth. So to be in the position that the Colorado Eagles were with all of that turnover going up and down and and he kept that team together. And they also sent guys down that just were not cutting it, uh, that they were expecting to back down to the AHL. And he would, they'd send them to him and be like, Figure him out. And for the most part, he would. Alex Galchenyuk had a great season with him. Right? It's like, come on now. (laughs) I was impressed with Galchenyuk. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, imagine imagine me being a new AHL announcer, and there's one game where I don't know half the guys in the roster because the Eagles at one point had three PTOs on their lineup. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on? And like four more that had just come up from the ECHL. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, I don't know these guys. Yeah. Like, I got to ask the team PR, like, how do you pronounce these names? You know, the fact that Cronin got as much as he got out of that roster, you know, props to him. And and you kind of think that has to go into the logic with everything that was said previously. By the way, this is going to be number two about Zegris (laughs) and that youth, you you are putting him at. NHL level with a there's some youth with this team sure. with Zegers uh-huh. and Terry and of course this is everybody's reminder Kaloran is a member of the Ducks and Ryan Strom for Avalanche listeners you're not thinking about it you're not like it's not something you know but there are some veteran really good pieces on this Ducks team as well so that balance of youth and really getting behind the players and that veteran talent, like this is a perfect situation for Cronin to really thrive with how this team's made up. Because as you mentioned, the Eagles were decimated because the Avalanche were decimated and he still made the Eagles work. And that's Mm -hmm. what that kind of mindset you need in Anaheim to make that team work. So do you think Cronin has a long runway to kind of go back and forth and make this team work the way he wants it to? I think the Ducks makeup right now is a it's a Cronin team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have, as you mentioned, a few veterans coming in. You have a couple of signings, you know, one from Tampa, one from Florida in Gudis. I don't hate the makeup of this team. And I think Cronin Mm -hmm. is going to try to utilize that bit of toughness that the Ducks just got in free agency because that's how the Eagles played. That's that's Cronin's style. He likes to mix it up. He likes to bang bodies whenever possible. 
But also, you mentioned Galchenyuk, you know, and you have a couple of similar type young guys on this Ducks roster that could make some noise. So, hmm. I'm not going to say my expectations are high yet, but I have some fairly good expectations because I saw what he did with the Eagles. And okay. I would think they're not going to be in the cellar this season. Not even close. Okay. Mm. That's good. Um, so let, let's get into like how long it will be before they are contenders. Yeah, if they're not going to be in the basement, <clears throat> the, you expect them to improve. That's what you want to do when you're we're a, a team that the Ducks are at right now, right? So, they can't be any worse than they, last. <clears throat> right. Okay. So talk about their, their draft picks. <clears throat> Um, I, I think a lot of people were surprised they went with Carlson. I'm and I'm gonna be and and I and I was talking about this um, with Hattie uh, from our Locked On uh, Prospects show, and I was I was saying like, don't be surprised if Anaheim doesn't take Fantilli at number two. And the only reason I was saying that is because when they went and took uh, McTavish. That was a surprise. Yep. So that that was one that nobody thought that they were going to take him there. So I'm like, okay, they have – it's a very short history. Maybe they have a longer history, if you know more than me. But uh, that pick made me think the Ducks are a wild card here. And not that Carlson is a bad pick by any stretch. I think a lot of people had him going three, right? Uh, if he mm-hmm. wasn't going two, he was going three. So the, it's not like he was – you know, in the twenties or something like that. Uh, but it was a little bit of a surprise because I think people were thinking like, if, if not for Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli would be the clear cut number one. Oh, absolutely. So this was almost, people were comparing this to the McDavid and um, Jack Eichel, uh, Jack Eichel, like version 2.0. And yep. here come the ducks and they flip that on their head. Are you okay with the pick? Are you happy with it? And just kind of su- summarize their, their draft selections for this year. I'm okay with the pick, honestly. And Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that the Ducks were a wild wing card in all of this because they've pulled stuff like this. You know, Mason McTavish going third. Even last year, Pavel Mintyakov at number 10. You know, that was a surprise to some as well. And this season, going with Carlson instead of Fantilli, I'm okay with the pick. I'm more okay with this pick because I did imagine a scenario where the Ducks would take Carlson because he has a little bit better speed and Carlson has played, you know, with grown men in the Swedish league. And the Ducks have had a history of drafting Swedes in the past. You know, they had Ricard Raquel for a while. They had Hampus Lindholm, who we miss. Mm -hmm. Um, They have Isaac Lundestrom, who I mentioned is on the injured list. So, you know, the Ducks used to have this kind of, you know, just sense of, oh, they're going to draft a Swede at some point. Here's another Swede coming. You know, the super Swedes of the Ducks. That kind of used to be their thing. Hmm. And for me to see Carlson go too, I wasn't super surprised. Like, at that point, I was about 60-40. They were going to go Fantilli. But I wasn't shocked at all. And I'm fine with the pick. As far as the other picks are concerned, I feel like the Ducks left a little bit on the table with some of their other picks this season. Uh, Carrie Terrence and then Damian Clara, I think, are choices. There were some guys left on the board there. They're not bad choices. And then uh, Petre right after that. Um, 
I would rate the Ducks draft this year at maybe a B minus. If I if okay. I could go there, that's not so. You know, that's okay. That's, yeah, there we go. Okay, I, I'm talking about the draft and this future of the Ducks, and then I'm I'm still digesting. You said the Ducks aren't going to be in the basement anymore. I know what the future looks like. We know what Cronin looks like. We know with the youth of this team, but let's let's address the elephant in the net. What, <laughs> what what's what's going on with John Gibson? And it's not going to be Staylock, is it? Oh is, is, God, no! Is no. Gibson? Uh, yeah, what was that whole no. thing about, man? Okay, so there was a report that came out that Gibby wanted out. And he went on the following week and saying, no, that's not true. Like, my commitment's with the Ducks, and I'm going to stay with the Ducks and help this team wherever I can. But this speaks more to the Ducks maybe don't have confidence in Lukash Dostal. Dostal mm. was supposed to be the backup goaltender. Yeah. And that signing of Stalock tells... Well, first off, Stalock is, what, 35, 36 years old? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, this is very similar to when the Ducks signed uh, Miller, Ryan Miller. Yeah. When he was at the end of his career. And stay like at the end of his career. And Gibby stuck around. So, I think this gives less confidence in the young goaltenders coming up. Because Hmm. I thought Dostal proved himself. This puts less confidence in Gage Alexander being the number one for the San Diego goals. So it's kind of a ripple effect there. So maybe Pat Verbeek is thinking long-term, but maybe more thinking about his AHL roster because he certainly doesn't want to see the goals be the laughingstock again. I mean, they were dead last as well. I mean, way dead last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that ripple effect has to do with that. But, you know, once Gibby came out on a couple other interviews and said, no, I'm going to play Anaheim. I will be a duck for this coming season. I think gave a sigh of relief. But I think Pat Verbeek knows that at any moment, you know, Gibby could say again, you know what? This rebuild sucks. I want out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as as a so goalie, it's, it's got to be, you know, seeing what's going on in front of you uh, for the past handful of seasons. If, if you get the mindset that it's just not getting any better, why would you want to just stick around and continue just getting beat night after night i mean that goes for anybody but i just feel like it's it's even more so for the goalie position and and for someone that could go somewhere and and help a team um you know anaheim was gonna have to soak up some of that salary i'm sure if they do eventually get rid of him if they ever do but um it's it's good for him you know good for him. like he came out and he, he got in front of it and was like no this isn't true i don't really want to go anywhere let's let's see this thing through for maybe another year or two yeah, just don't pull in angels and you know keep them for too long and lose them for nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, how long? You know, next year you're expecting improvement. If if there's if you continue to get improvement, you have. You know, a, a nice young core, at least, uh, if they keep improving. Um, how long before the Ducks are back into the postseason? We don't expect it this year. 
do they make like a bigger leap than expected with some of the young guys taking that next step? And maybe in, in two years they're back there or at least on the verge. And then you'll say definite in three years or is it beyond that? I'm going to give it three years. This season, I think the Pacific is still... Actually, the whole West is very strong. I mean, I'm just going to put this out there. Look at the last two cup champions, the Avs in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know how many people crapped on our conference, guys? For a while. You know how much East Coast bias there is all the time. Oh, these teams aren't going to... No, you know what? The West is here to stay. (laughs) But because the West is so good, I don't see the Ducks making a playoff spot this year because you still have to compete with Vegas and Edmonton and the Kings and now Seattle, who's improved a lot. You're not going to get past those four teams this coming season. I'm sorry. I got to call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. And even in two years, I don't see that happening yet. But in three years, one or two of those teams is going to start their descent into mediocrity again and you ready for a hot take? I think it's going to be the Oilers that are going to be the first domino drop in the division. I think their window is closing faster than they want to admit. Mm, so I completely I s- agree with you. I could see them falling off sooner rather than later. That being said, mm-hmm. I give it three years, and it would just be poetic if the Ducks just beat him, beat Edmonton mercilessly. Again and again and again, just like the good old days. <laughs> so do you think it'll be like one of those uh, last game of the season and it's Edmonton and the Ducks? Like amazing how the NHL comes up with that schedule uh, and, and winner gets in. And or, or do you feel like Anaheim's not at that point in time when the Ducks are ready to to claim their postseason? Uh, is it going to be one of those things where Anaheim is now like a bubble team trying to fight in, or do you feel like the fall off for Edmonton is going to be they're not even contending in three years? Do you, do you is that the the statement you're making being, here? I could see it being a bubble scenario. Okay. For, for or, or, okay. Well, they have the orange jerseys then as well because that's I mean synonymous with Ducks in the playoffs. Oh man, see here's okay. <laughs> you're going to go there. I'm going to go there, too. Yeah. I like the orange jerseys. I Love like, them. but I like anything that has the old school logo in it. I'm not a yeah. fan of the Webs D. A lot of people are not fans of the Webs like D. It. Give me the Mighty Ducks logo yeah. back in yeah. any colorway. And they're wearing it a bunch of times this year, right? Didn't they come out with a schedule and they're wearing it like 13 times or something like that? So that's not the Wild Wing jersey. That's their 30th anniversary alternate jersey. That's the one I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, if we're going to go there. <laughs> well, you don't like that one? I I Ooh. like it, but okay. I don't love it. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Um, I think Roundel logos work for a lot of other teams. I don't think the Ducks are one of them. I'm right. sorry. You know, you got to give me the... The original OG logo. Yes. Kind of kind of like how okay, and Kyle, I'll ask your opinion on this because I see in the background your reverse retro jersey. Not mm. a roundel, but that one at least works because it is the state seal of Colorado. Mm-hmm. I don't think Colorado's a type of team that would be good with a roundel logo, right? No. No, no, that's I don't how think so, I, no. And that's how I feel about the ducks. Okay. I don't think a roundel logo works 
for that particular team. It works for some teams, like Columbus's Rondo logo, their alternate, that one looks really good. good. I love that jersey. <clears throat> yep. So it only works for some teams. Yeah. Ducks, not one It feels them. like a practice jersey, I understand. Yeah, definitely. It really yeah. does. I mean, right. I do like they went back with the old eggplants and jade. That's yeah, fine. that combination. So good. No, so the, good. the 25th jerseys, those were nice. Yeah. Yes. Because they went black eggplants and jade. Like, mwah. oh, looks so good. <laughs> they normally do well. I, I, I'm with you though. I don't. I don't like the current webbed, uh, you know, D logo. Just, just not a fan of that. It just doesn't. It's not pleasing to the eye for some reason. So, no, uh, give the fans what they want. Exactly. Just, exactly. just like one of my other favorite jerseys, the Nordiques. Come it only on, took us twenty plus years to get that. Come so. on now. Come on, those look brilliant. Good. Brilliant. Those were gorgeous. Mm. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up there. So, uh, Jason, glad we could finally catch up with you after it's been too long since we did one of these. So, uh, we'll, we'll catch up at some point during the season. And uh, if nothing else, uh, if maybe the Dugs won't win a ton of games, but they, they will have some highlights. You can be sure of that with some of the players that they have on that team. So, uh, throw out where people can follow you over on uh, the socials. So they can follow me on, I'm still calling it Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> at Twitter Stimpy, X, we call it. At StimpyJD. No, I call it, I can't believe it's not Twitter. <laughs> at StimpyJD. Stimpy right. as in Ren and Stimpy. Love the it. best Nicktoon out there. Can't beat That's it. That's a take. That's a take. <laughs> StimpyJD. Shows Twitter's at LO underscore Ducks. And they could find Locked On Ducks or Locked On Anaheim Ducks wherever you get your podcasts, including at free on Amazon Prime. So check us out there. And I say Locked On Anaheim Ducks because we're not that team from Oregon that had, <laughs> that no. had Oregon Ducks legend Sabria Inescu. Even though all our graphics on this episode are green, uh, we, we are not from that, that no. other duck team. But no. I, res- I respect the hell out of Kyle for wearing the yes. um, movie Ducks jersey. Gotta love Respect. it. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Please go sign Trevor Zegras so I can stop getting text messages from Kyle saying, like, hey, it's, it's another day. It's another day. I've changed uh, my number three times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Locked On Ducks, he's Jason Hernandez for Shaggy Von Doom and myself, Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche. Enjoy the weekend, everyone, and we'll see you guys on Monday. Quack, quack, everyone. (laughs) Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.